And hello, we're live. Well, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about, so I hope that at least two or three of you show up and ask me a question. Let's see. What were some of the topics that I had in mind? Oh, I should actually check. I've made a couple of notes while I wait for you guys to pop in. I thought I had made some comments on. No, I don't remember. <coughs> um, well, we have a couple of viewers. They don't seem to say hello, so maybe they're some of the band gammas. Actually, that, that would be quite fun, I suppose. Ah, hello, JB14. Well, any questions you have, fire them away, dude, because I have no idea what I'm, uh, I'm gonna, it's going to come out of my mouth. I'm just <laughs> going to run with it. As you can see, I'm drinking again. You people are driving me to drink. Oh, I've had a couple of emails on various things. Oh, yeah, one cool thing that's going to happen. Um, oh, good, I'm glad you're enjoying God's Battalions. One cool thing that's going to happen, a good day, poster child, is that um, Wooly Ram, my man in Jerusalem, see, I've infiltrated the Jews. There he is. Good evening. So Wooly Ram and I, not this coming Friday, but one week uh, from, from this Friday, I think it's the 20, well, I don't know. What are we today? I don't even know what the date is today. So the or the 19th, so 21st, 28th, Friday the 28th at about 7.30 um, Greenwich Min Time, which is about 9.30 in the evening for him and about 7.30 in the evening for me, we're going to have a talk about ancient Hebrew, the root of ancient Hebrew words. In particular, I'm interested in some of the stuff that's gone on in, the, in Genesis, because I wrote about it in my first book, The Face of Mars. And while I'm here, what the hell? I'm, I'm just going to keep pumping my own stuff. <laughs> Not that way, you sick fucks. So there you go. In that book, in here, I talked about certain events that happened in Genesis that looked to me like ancient astronaut stuff. And there are some very interesting passages. Uh, for example, when... Uh, you know, they, uh, Adam and Eve get kicked out of heaven. God is talking to somebody in the plural. Um, he's also, there's also mention of the Titans or Nephilim or Anunnaki or whatever you call these, these beings. And the root of those words is quite important. So I'll be asking him about that, but mostly um, I'll, I'll let him run with it because uh, he's been you know, deeply imbibed, I believe, in uh, uh, Hebrew scholarship for years. I think it's a couple of decades or so, if I remember right. So that that's one cool thing that'll be happening. Ah, there we go. I got my first thumbs up, two thumbs up. How many of you are there here now? Ah, 
eight of you already. Very good. Okay, so fire away, boys and girls. If there's any girls, I doubt. But I've had kind of a pretty long, tiring day, so um, you know, I, I mean, I could always go on ranting about the Protestants or something, you know. But we don't want to do that every single minute of the talk. <laughs> I'm sure we'll find a good half-hour rant somewhere in it. <clears throat> Wine is a fully rational re reaction to a mad world. Well, I personally prefer the, the stench of cordite. But, uh, you know, laws and shit, you know. Okay, no questions. God, you people. You sycophants. Anyway. Well, I guess I should talk about something. You know what? Oh, I'll, I know what I'll do. Somebody asked me whether the, the writing style of this book was as conversational as um, as the, of the, the one of Believe, which, as you can tell, there is a slight difference in size. That's Believe, right there. Well, there we go. And this one. And not really. Uh, I'm going to pick a random. Okay, so this is, I just opened it at random on a page of one of the uh, the heresies of Vatican II. In this particular document, it refers to Lumen Gentium, which was published in November of 1964. And the way I, I write it out is pretends, it pertains the church it's, it presented the church as a mystery, as a communion of baptized believers, as the people of God, as the body of Christ, and as a pilgrim moving forward toward fulfillment in heaven, but marked on earth with a sanctity that is real, although imperfect. Heresies. The second most directly heretical of the documents in its utterly perverse teachings of collegiality and ecumenism, essentially stating that the bishops as a whole are also the head of the church which is a subtle but important distinction from the truth, as, for example, described perfectly in the encyclical Mystici Corporis of Pope Pius XII. Further, this document goes on to equate other religions to Catholicism, which is a direct heresy of the highest order. 1. Part of point 22 reads as follows. The order of bishops which succeeds to the College of Apostles and gives this apostolic body continued existence is also the subject of supreme and full power of the universal church, provided we understand this body together with its head, the Roman pontiff, and never without this head. Despite the lip service to being together with the head, the simple reality is that, in effect, bishops should perform the will of their leader, the Pope, with respect to guiding the church. And their only authority is personal regarding the priests and laymen under their care. And most assuredly, a bunch of random bishops is not the head of the Catholic Church and has no power at all over the universal church, nor has it ever had it, which is why many of the functions of bishops get interrupted whenever there is an interregnum, something we will see in more detail in Chapter 6. There you go. That's a little snippet and gives you an idea of how I write in it. Okay, a few more of you popped in while I was reading that. Let's see. Ethan W. says, is there a specific Catholic doctrine regarding the Nephilim? I grew up in a Protestant area and most of the pastors would not touch that topic. Well, most of them would not touch that topic because it's, uh, 
let me put it this way. When I was not a Christian at all, and I read the Bible, I sort of thought, well, first of all, the Old Testament kind of sucks because it seems to me that God lies to Adam and Eve. I mean, he says they'll die if they eat of that tree, but they don't die. They just learn good and evil. And the Protestants of that country that I brought it up with would be like, oh, but they did die. They were immortal. And then after they ate the tree, Adam died after 900 years or whatever. Well, it's a bit of a reach around, but okay. And what about the fact that the snake didn't lie to them and told them, you won't die, you're just no good and evil. They did kind of no good and evil. And, you know, and then they died. So, okay, 50-50. But then who the hell is God talking to when he says, oh, well, look, they've eaten from the tree of knowledge. Now, let us kick them out. At least they eat also from the tree of life and become immortal like us. So God was lying. They were never immortal. And there's another tree of eternal life that if they eat from it, they would become immortal. And again, you know, the, the Protestants would go, ah, well, but he didn't forbid them to eat from that tree. So if they had, they would eventually would have eaten from that tree and eventually they would have become immortal. Again, bit of a brain leap, reach around type of thing. So that's why they don't even touch it because they can't even deal with stuff like that. Never mind. The sons of the gods, plural, who are these gods? Wait, there's more than one god? Came down onto the human women, which they saw were beautiful, and took of them as many as they would, and banged the hell out of them, and made the titans, the giants, the Nephilim, the men of renown, which uh, Zachariah Sitchin refers to as uh, men who had a name, and that is one of the root words I want to ask uh, Wooly Ram about, because what is translated as a name, um, apparently, according to Zachariah Sitchin, who knows a lot of Semitic languages, can be translated as uh, ship or spaceship or something like that. Now, I don't know about that, but um, I will review my own work, because, you know, I wrote that 25 years ago, so I might be a little bit rusty on exactly the details of it right now, but especially after I've had half third of a glass of wine. There you go. So that's what we'll be talking about on the 28th. I am not aware that the Catholic Church has any specific position on, on the Titans, uh, which is how it's translated, I believe, for the Western world. We just think, yep, there were Titans, giants, that just carry on. You know, Catholics are not stunned by this stuff. I mean, if you read the story of Joan of Arc, written by a guy who actually knew her, and who wrote the story, who dictated the story to, I think, his nephew when he was in his 90s on his deathbed. It starts out describing how at the time of Joan of Arc, the kids used to play with fairies around the tree. Then one of the kids got injured, and the priest said, if this happens again, ever again, if you fairies playing with the kids hurt a child, I will ban you from this place. And then there was an accident, and although the fairies hadn't you know, done, done it on purpose, the priest went there and banned them from it which sounds absolutely crazy, right? Um, except that you need to understand that Christianity is not, you know, is a monotheistic religion, but that doesn't mean that there aren't many, many, many other spiritual beings and that we know they exist. And as far as fairies go, um, I think that the generic Catholic approach to it is do not mess with those guys because they're from the demon world. Which again, could potentially fall into one of these things where, like, the Catholic priests are going to tell you, don't you ever try to do an exorcism, because only a priest should try that. 
it is absolutely true that to try an exorcism as you not being a priest and not being trained to be an exorcist is, is insanely dangerous. Similarly, if, uh, you know, I don't necessarily believe that all fairies are necessarily all evil. I think there could be, uh, some of them might be neutral, some of them might be good, some of them, like human beings, may be in some kind of limbo where it's undecided whether they go to hell or not. Maybe hell and heaven don't really apply to them. It's a whole other realm. It's a whole other you know, if you think in Dungeons and Dragon terms, it's like another plane of existence that has some kind of interactions with our plane occasionally. And uh, you would be very, very, very unwise to try and mess in that realm because it's dangerous. It's dangerous in the same way that when you first go scuba diving, it's dangerous. You make one little mistake in there, you're dead. And similarly, if you try and mess in, in realms that are not meant for us, um, it's not necessarily that they're absolutely evil, but certainly evil things exist there and can fuck you up. And you don't know what the rules are and you don't know how to move there. You don't even know whether you're a fish or a human being, whether you will drown the minute you jump in, you know. So it's absolutely insanity or, or for, the, for the... I would say that people that mess with that stuff intentionally and consciously are... either insane or mostly uh, what we call in Italian incoscienti, which is unconscious, but not unconscious in terms of sleep, but like you don't know what you're doing, you're a fool. Um, I certainly have delved in that realm a little bit uh, by accident, really. Uh, didn't mean to, it just sort of happened when I was in my 20s. And um, I quickly realized that you could easily get lost in that world. Um, so I kind of blocked it off. I have the ability to access it if I if I want to, and I've never really felt the need to want to. I've had some experiences that have convinced me that there are definitely malignant forces in those realms, that they are dangerous. I met some that were, uh, let's say, evil, but uh, not very powerful, and I could I managed to get rid of those guys really quickly and easily. But I've also had an encounter with at least one or more uh, entities that I consider quite powerful and dangerous. And I survived it, um, but uh, was definitely not nice. The very interesting thing is that a person that I don't know at all, other than I sort of had a talk with her husband at one point online years ago, so this person is not someone I communicate with regularly at all or whatever. But she felt the need to send me, and, and she's not a crazy person, you know, she's not a fan. She's just like the wife of a guy that I occasionally interact with online. Uh, and she said that she had this dream, and she described this dream very, in a lot of detail, at a specific time when I believe this stuff was going on. The way that she, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, it's quite, complicated and involved but she basically described it as I saw this huge evil massive being looking at you focusing on you and like trying to take you out and as I saw this happening I got terrified I was so scared that this gigantic demonic creature would would even just look at me that I was absolutely terrified and I knew it was like 
gunning for you, and yet you seem to like resist it somehow. That dream makes perfect sense to me in, in many, many ways. Um, that said, I am not so arrogant as to think that I, I, I can handle all that shit. You know, it's, it's a real fight and it's a different type of fight to, you know, if you tell me that I have to fight 10 armed men that are coming to kill me, yeah, fuck them. You know, they, they might succeed, they might not, but they're not going to have an easy go of it and it doesn't worry me. These type of guys, it's a completely different fight. It's a mental, psycho, spiritual battle. It's, it's, uh, it's, you need a different type of strength. You, you can be, you know, six foot eight, built of muscle and, and crunch 10 ninjas a day just for fun before breakfast. But the way these entities fight can destroy a guy like that in 30 seconds flat. Uh, you need a completely different type of strength and, and mental and physical and more than physical, mental and spiritual strength, really, a faith, an unshakable faith to, to be able to deal with those things. So uh, I forgot how I got onto this topic, but uh, yeah, I was talking about the Nephilim and that's, oh yeah, the fairies and so on. So yeah, you know, as, as Catholics, we're not shocked by the idea of giants or, or fairies or whatever. In fact, until not too long ago, uh, these things were considered quite normal and quite present. I think the world has changed since. I do believe that the fairies have retreated from the uh, world of men pretty much. Although there are still some places in Ireland apparently where you can, uh, there's been quite a few reports of that you can, there's definitely certain interactions with them and you have to kind of respect their space. Um, and if you do, and if they do, the, there can be a kind of, shall we say, no man's land where, um, you know, they don't treat you bad, you don't treat them bad, that sort of thing. I hope that's answered your question. Feel free to hold forth. Well, as you can tell, I'm happily rambling away. Uli Ram asks, uh, how do you deal with British weather? As a Venetian, the constant grey must be unpleasant. It is... The weather in this country is shitty uh, and it's pretty un unguessable because it's kind of like living in Cape Town though. I lived in Cape Town for years. You know, you can have rain, you can have sunshine, wind uh, and heat and humidity all on the same day. And it's like, what the fuck? Make your mind up, you know. Venice, although it's on the water, I never found, you know, it can be a bit muggy, but I've found England to be a lot more muggy than, than Venice. So, well, but of course, no city on earth compares to the beauty of the Serenissima. And how I deal with it, just like I deal with everything else. Just take it on the chin, roll with the punches, and fight back. <laughs> Mostly I carry an umbrella. Okay. Got your book, Believe in the Mail, today. Really happy I ran into your blog. Anderson Paladin. Oh, that's unusual. My blog is frequented by about 14 Russian hackers that hacked the crap out of it at one point, and eventually I think I got rid of them. Several bots, uh, a couple of journalists that try and tell me that they know how to do the SEO, and a few Indian guys that try and sell me SEO. So that's, that's quite unusual. My blog used to be quite more popular. 
Uh, I just don't have the time to update it regularly, so it's random updates. There's a lot of stuff on there. Um, and I had few blogs in the past, some of which are defunct, but still exist on the net, um, still have access to them. So that's interesting. Um, I think there are quite a, I, I think that writing, arguments in writing are a lot more powerful than, which is why I write books ultimately, it's so that I can share my ideas in, in a format that is, uh, as the Latins used to say, verba volent scripta manent. The word flies, but writing stays. Jordan James, Woolly Ram, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. Yeah, that's pretty much my take on it. That's a, that's a good a good way to look at it, Jordan. I agree. Oh, dances with logos, how are you? Come on, you never say anything. I guess you're busy with babies and stuff, but... Awesome, awesome lady. Dances with Logos uh, uh, is, is always, you know, she posts on Social Galactic and some of your posts are actually very, very powerful and quite um, enlightening, really. I think it was from you that I originally got that graphic of the um, Ave Maria and how it all relates to the Gospel. So, thanks for that. Um, Wooly Ram, the pre-Diluvian world is hard to know. Indeed, sort of tied in with Atlantis, Pangaea, all that stuff. It's there's a lot of weird stuff that went on there. I remember I used to, you know, when I was a kid, I used to read these comic books, and my two, some of my favorite comic books was Jonah Hex, the original one, not the crappy shit they turned it into in the, in the new Vertigo comics, but the original DC Jonah Hex. That was like my alter ego. Basically, that comic book uh, character thought exactly the same way I thought, and, and still do mostly, you know. Um, but another one that I liked, I think, was called Aaron with two A's. And it was about these magicians living in uh, essentially Pangaea before, you know, they called it Atlantis or whatever, but it, it was like Pangaea before it split up. So in ancient, ancient history, when magic still worked, uh, but there was a special metal that magic couldn't affect. But Aaron's dead father managed to free him from these uh, chains that were built out of the special metal. And he was like, but how could you do this? You're dead and these things are immune to magic. And he goes, well, I still have a few tricks up my sleeve. Kind of like a Darth Vaderish type thing. And I think Aaron had a brother that was his enemy called Garth, who actually was kind of cooler than Aaron, I thought. But anyway... It, you know, the reason I bring it up is because it was set in the ancient past, kind of like um, another comic book I quite enjoyed was uh, The Warlord, which was about this guy, this marine guy who actually goes into the hollow earth, which is a different type of earth where the inside the world, you know, where magic works and there's werewolves and all sorts of stuff. So um, Skartaris, I think it was called, the internal hollow earth. So yeah, these, these things are... You know, I think there's a basis to all myths, so there must be something that um, to to all these stuffs like dragons, dinosaurs. You know, that, that there's something to it. Poster child says, "Sound like the gene." Yeah, the Muslims do talk about gene, the gene, and they are, they are. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know that they are all from the demon world. I don't know that there aren't spiritual beings that are not necessarily all evil. Um, 
we know that there are spiritual beings, angels and demons. We know that. And we know that there's a hierarchy between them. So who knows? Maybe fairies are a different order of creature, or maybe they're like, you know, some lower form of angel, and some of them are lower forms of demons. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of strange shit out there that, like Shakespeare said, there is more in reality that can be uh, figured out in your philosophy. Horatio, I believe it was, he was spoken to. It seems children see the other realms easier. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And uh, it's both, you know, in a way a good thing, in a way a bad thing. Um, cats, absolutely. And dogs, yeah. I've had some weird cats and, and little kids. For some weird reason, they tend to, like, love me. I don't really like cats, but cats will just, like, look at me as though, you know, there's something glowing out of my head or something, and, and they, they, they'll come to me. And little kids as well. You know, little kids like me, you know, like babies and stuff, they, which is kind of cool. You know, they're, they're, they're funny. They're, they're innocent, you know. So, I don't know, maybe they recognize something. I hope that it's something honest in me and not something fake. What do you think of lucid dreaming? I get the impression it's something we should stay far away from. I don't know. I've had lucid dreaming, but not in probably over 10 years. Um, I've definitely had... Uh, there is there is a use for it. For example, I had this recurring... I had various recurring nightmares as a kid. And I had a recurring dream that I had for a while which was that I was walking along this underground sort of path, which was, you know, there was swamp or sewer or some, some type of watery crap. And I was walking along this path, and in front of me would be this, like, witch, this nasty evil witch. And I I couldn't help but I have to carry on on this path. And then she'd turn around, and she'd have this horrific face, and I'd just wake up and, like, you know, <gasps> sort of not being able to breathe. And I was a kid, you know, I was like 9, 10, something like that. And I remember I used to have this recurring dream, and I didn't know what the hell it meant. And I was like, oh, man. And eventually, one time I was, you know, again, I was dreaming it, and I knew what would happen. And I thought, no, this time I'm, I'm not going to get scared. I'm just going to keep looking at her, no matter how ugly or vicious her face is. And I just stayed there when she turned around in this evil witch. And she morphed, and she became this, this girl that I actually knew. Um, was a very pretty girl um, and then she became really vulnerable and from this evil witch she became this like pretty girl that was like scared um, and I never had that dream again I don't really know what it meant or whatever but I could only do that because in my mind I could control it the other times is like when you can fly you know when you dream that you can fly and then you can sort of control the flying and I've had usually for me it was like fights I was dreaming of fighting and stuff or somebody trying to kill me or whatever and and or the monster you know and you like your gun is empty and you can't run and whatever and I have weird dreams I have like dreams where I'll have a dream almost like a movie thing I had this one where I was dreaming that people were getting like changed like they, they would become like terminators so if you didn't see someone for like a couple of hours you know then then you'd see them again and you'd think oh it's you know it's Joe my friend Joe and then all of a sudden, Joe would get like these, these glowing eyes and would try and kill you. And he was like a Terminator. And in this dream, I had this big, like, single action 44 Magnum. 
that I carried with me because this stuff was happening. And you couldn't fall asleep. In the dream, you couldn't sleep because if you slept, you wouldn't see whoever you were with and then they could change. They could be like replaced, right? And if they were replaced, these Terminator things were like the Terminator. They were like tough to kill, you know? So even if I shot them in the face with this gun, you know, it would only like kind of slow them down, damage them, and then maybe you could kick them off a ledge of a building or something to hurt them. But I had this dream and then 10 years later, I had like part two of the dream, almost like a movie, you know, like a sequel. And it just carried on from where the last dream ended, which consciously I didn't remember. But in the dream world, I remembered it fluently again. You know, it's really weird. So, and in those instances, to be able to lucid dream and go like, no, my gun is loaded. And yes, I can fan. <laughs> it's sort of helpful. Um, but to intentionally lucid dream, I think that relates to like, what they call astral travel and I believe that astral travel can be done I do believe it's doable I do believe that it can also be very dangerous because again you're starting to go into these realms that you know nothing about and you're like a fish out of water thing oh cool I can fly I can fly I'm astral traveling I'm gonna check out what Billy Bob is doing at three in the morning oh look at that he's sleeping now and he's got a book next to his desk and and the next day you can call Billy Bob up and say, hey, Billy Bob, you were sleeping and you had this book on your bedside cupboard and, you know, you, you're snoring. And your wife went to pee at 3.42 a.m. because I could see your clock. And the guy's blown out of his mind. At the same time, you try to do that next time. And you meet what um, I believe it was H.P. Lovecraft described as some kind of entity that is like a gigantic dragon that just eats you up. Also, when you astral travel, you go there with what you think. So if you suddenly think, I wonder about a vicious rabid werewolf, and all of a sudden, guess what? You now have a vicious rabid werewolf or the representation of it, maybe right in front of you. So I would advise you not to do it. <laughs> That's my guess. Wooly Ram, Putin's advisors to stay away from any mystical practices not prescribed to you by your priest. Exactly. Moira, I wonder if that's the Moira that I know or another one. What's your take on the argument that you need holy orders to elect a pope? I keep hearing it around, but I think it's nonsense. But apparently Bishop de la Riers held this argument. That you need holy or Oh, you mean... Uh, no, cardinals could be even laymen at a certain point in time. I believe that, yeah, a cardinal didn't even need to be a bishop. And cardinals could absolutely vote the pope in. But later in time it was changed that you couldn't be a cardinal without being a bishop. And these were, you know, worldly changes. So in theory, you could still go back to uh, a cardinal being a layman. But given the current state of the church, aside from the fact that voting in a new pope is very unlikely until we get a majority of people that understand this reprobationist position and militantly throw out all the imposters, once that's done, then the real and still active bishops and priests can get together and then elect a new pope. And it might well be that they also choose a couple of laymen to, to, to make that vote. And I don't think that that would be illicit at all. Um, 
again, I suggest, I, I, I don't discuss that specific topic in here, but this does cover a lot of ground. So if you haven't got that and you're interested in that sort of stuff, that's the sort of question that a person that is interested about how the Vatican works and how um, Christianity works, how Catholicism works, this covers a lot of ground. And uh, it, it is, you know, I, I didn't just put my opinions in there. It's pretty well researched and it's got a lot of... Uh, a lot of references. Wooly Ram, what do you think about the origin of the vampire myth? As far as I know, the origin of the vampire myth came from the guy who wrote Dracula, which was somewhat the story of Vlad the Impaler. And Vlad the Impaler was called Dracu, which is Romanian for of the dragon, I believe. So that's where the origin of the vampire comes from. But there's always been practices you know, many sick, weird practices of drinking blood of humans and babies and what have you. One of the best, um, best stories or best opinion, you know, best uh, fictional um, idea about vampires was written in a science fiction book, and I'm trying to remember the name, where this brain-damaged guy is in a spaceship and the pilot of the spaceship, the captain of the spaceship is a vampire. And they're basically saying that vampires are this genetically superior homo, you know, human beings that uh, because of how quick their mind works, anything that has got a sign of a cross, like, fucks up their head so they can't really deal with it. Like, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. I read it a few years ago. It's like a black cover and it's just got, I can't remember if it's Stormwind or something like that. And I can't remember the author. So if one of you guys knows what I'm talking about, just tell us, because uh, it was really quite a good, enjoyable book. I really enjoyed it. And then the guy even had a blog page or a post about these vampires, and it was like, uh, you know, kind of a fake, um, almost like a fake news site that was having like these, um, these posts about, oh, and we've discovered this new DNA or whatever, you know. So it was quite quite an interesting take on it. The gene rat hunter called according to the writings. Best to avoid if you can see them. Yep. Again, you know, out of your world. Vesper, just ordered your new book. Looking forward to reading it. In the meantime, any literature regarding sedeprivationism you will recommend? Well, my shorter book... Um, you know, th this one is the tone, as far as said deprivation is this, this is definitely it. This gives you a flavor of it and an introduction of it. Um, as far as said deprivationism goes, or said pacantism, there is a guy, I think called Ruby something, who wrote something about it. And I bought his book, but it is very hard going. It's extremely deep. It's not the fact that it's detailed, it's the fact that it's so long-winded and so boring that I, I actually couldn't slug through it, although I'm very interested in the, in the topic. And he wasn't saying anything particularly new. He was just taking three chapters to, to define or describe something that is easily definable in three pages. So, um, And I can't remember his name. I think it's Ruby something. It's, it's on Amazon as a, as a digital book. And I got it. Actually, it's on my phone. Let's see. I should be able to find it. Give me a second. Uh, where would that be? I'm on a Kindle. 
So let's see what it says here. Oh no, I have to add the number there out. Right, let's see. Where is it? I've got a lot of books in here, so it's it's tough to I think I hear one. Babe, are you there? My library that was cut off. That would help. Oh, it's called Sede Vacante by Griff Ruby. Um, so that's the only other book I'm aware of. But uh, like I said, it's it's pretty it's pretty heavy going. <clears throat> Good evening, hello. Telepathy between twin flames. Well, we don't have to discuss that, do we? We know, don't we? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> there is definitely telepathy is a thing and there are people that you have an affinity with that you can definitely Blindsight, that's it. You see Dances with Dogos is awesome. That is the name of the of the of the book. I I am stunned by this woman. She she comes up with some very interesting stuff. Yeah, it's called Blindsight. I can't remember the author, but it's uh, it's a really good science fiction. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole concept of how vampires work and what they are. I thought that was a very intelligent take on it. I'm saying my louche for my twin flame. Now, do you understand my frustrating chat? ETM. No, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about, dude. Wooly Ram asks, how long now do you think has humanity been conditioned into binary thinking? I'm seeing it more and more around. I would say the the in, initial impetus for binary thinking happened in uh, 1521 or thereabouts, uh, thanks to a fat German pervert called Martin Luther. That's where binary thinking comes from. You do away with the past. You simplify everything to retard level. You take out anything that proves that you're a moron. And you reinterpret everything else so that you're the cool guy. And after that, anybody that questions anything just gets shouted down like a stupid loud German. And there you go. You got binary thinking now. It's definitely accelerating because we've now regressed to pagan thinking, magical thinking. In fact, worse than pagans because you know the, the Greeks were pagans the Romans were pagans but they were intelligent people that uh, understood objective reality pretty much um, today we're reduced to the state of a very superstitious very ignorant insular lost African tribe and I can't think of one off the top of my head that I've certainly encountered so we're worse off than them we're, we're at a point where it's literally magical thinking. Uh, so, you know, you, what do you do with that? Um, when, you, when you're dealing with people that have magical thinking, you can't reason with them. Facts and logic don't work on them. And they absolutely believe their magical thinking. So if they think that the sky is purple, and you're trying to tell them, no, that's actually the color blue, they're like, purple, only purple, sky purple. Martin Luther said purple, so purple. That's, that's where you're at. My cat named Magic sees the 
what is that? It, auras and demons. Oh, fairies and demons, I guess. The angelic world is too real. I have a cognitive disability. Am simple, can feel them. Jesus thanked our Father in heaven for showing these. Oh, yes. Um, I don't want to say too much about DTM, but I, I think I know. I think I remember who you are. And uh, yeah. Look, man, we all have our place, you know. Uh, I don't know that having a, a um, cognitive disability is necessarily any worse than having an IQ of 155 or so. And uh, being slightly aspergers. We all have our crosses to bear. My cross tends to be other human beings, but, you know, we all have ours. <laughs> what really chills my woolly ram says, what really chills my blood is that binary thinkers are programmable. Absolutely. The very interesting guy called Tex Arcana, who was basically warned to go off the internet, and he did, who talked about this, and who said that, uh, this binary type way of thinking is a, a homo sapiens or Cro-Magnon man and it was not a Neanderthal man uh, thing in fact Neanderthal man was much more evolved apparently intellectually and spiritually and individually according to him uh, certainly um, the interesting thing I find is that people who do appear to have uh, quite a lot of Neanderthal genes in them tend to be definitely more creative, more outside-of-the-box type thinkers, and so on. Oh, and yeah, Dan says with Logos did it again. So the book about the, the vampires is called Blindside by Peter Watts. What an awesome lady. And she's just made a baby. Another baby. Another little warrior for Christ. Amazing. Uh, where are we? Did I miss anything? Uh, Fairies and demons, I guess, are the angelic, okay? Dan says, who do you like better, Thomas Aquinas or Don Scotus? I haven't read enough of either of them to, uh, to have an opinion. I kind of have a soft spot for St. Augustine just because of something that happened to me. That is one of those really weird things that I, I'm not going to bother talking about now, but Let's just say an event happened that saved uh, someone's life. A bad person that, in my personal opinion, could do with being underground. But something happened that uh, made it abundantly clear to me that uh, we should continue breathing for whatever reason. And I wasn't a Christian at all at the time. But there is certainly an event linked to it. Um, which was a piece of writing that was given to me at a very crucial moment by an individual that I, I'm not sure was a human being. Um, and it was, it's, it's stated, um, love kills us so that we can become, be born again and become that which we were not, St. Augustine. Uh, I've never read City of God and so on. I plan to, though. Um, I also noticed that Vox is not so fond of St. Augustine. Uh, he said that like he didn't enjoy where St. Augustine says, I am the worst of sinners. But then, you know, he abandons his wife and child or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the story of St. Augustine, but I want to find out. Um, 
Thomas Aquinas, to me, the bits that I've read, yeah, they're good. But again, I find him, you know, Vox is the kind of guy that would read through the whole of Thomas Aquinas. Because Vox is the kind of guy that reads tomes of economic, political science for fun. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I love Vox. He's a cool guy. And he loves his man hugs. You know, you've got to give him that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think we have the same taste in uh, what we consider fun reading material. B-complex vitamins late in day helped increase vivid dreams for me. Done it since 2002 with much success. Okay, maybe tell us a bit about it. That's from Batters from Blair. Fully Ram, you can see almost catch binary thinkers through their eyes shifting. Yeah, well, that's an NLP technique, but between binary mental states, yeah. Slightly Asperger's, eh. Well, just like in the book Blindsight by Peter Watts, where it tells you that vampires are a more advanced form of human being, what uh, you normies call Asperger's is really the mutants that, uh, you know, as, of course, Magneto, the good guy in the mutant world of uh, Marvel, knows very well to be the next evolution of Homo sapiens. You've just been overtaken by us. I noticed it first in writing. I'm not sure what you're referring to, Wooly, Bear, Wooly Ram, but... Have you ever seen the movie The Man from Earth? No, and I think I'm confusing it with another movie. With Was that a David Bowie film? The Man Who Fell to Earth? The Man from Earth? No, I don't think I've seen it. What are your thoughts on silent prayer, biblical meditation? Good. I don't think prayer needs to be done aloud. I think you can pray silently. I think you can pray aloud. I think meditating on the Bible is very good. DPM says, I've seen all films. <laughs> okay. I'm not interested as to what the man from Earth means, but okay. Keith A. I think that's a long time I haven't seen Keith A. Congrats, Dancing with Logos on the new baby. My wife and I are expecting another baby in about seven months. Well, we Catholics seem to be reproducing quite a lot. I'm expecting a baby in a couple of months. And there's my wife telling me to bring up the hot bottle of water when I come up for our other little dude who is awesome. My little Viking barbarian slash pirate is, is he's hilarious. David Bowie, I think. Who's your favorite Catholic saint? Oh. One of my favorites is actually the Apostle St. Thomas. First, because he didn't believe Jesus came back from the dead, and I would be that guy. If I was one of the apostles, when, when they you know, came back and said, Hey, Jesus is back. We've seen him. He's risen from the dead. I'd be like, you motherfuckers are all drunk, aren't you? You're all smoking some shit, drinking, just talking shit. And then you say, hey, Jesus, you fucking losers. And then, you know, I'd be the guy that Jesus comes. Okay, here you go, man. Put your hands in my wound. And I'd be like, yeah, sorry, dude, I fucked up. 
And the other thing is that Thomas is the only one that says we should pick up our crosses and follow him to Calvary, you know, to, to be crucified with him. He doesn't do it, which, you know, makes me wonder about him a little bit. But then neither did any of the others. And I know that he was martyred in India. He traveled to India. And his uh, burial ground has been made into a mosque. And there is a lady, which is, I don't remember her name, but she's like the female Indiana Jones. And she figured out where St. Thomas was buried. And two days before she was supposed to open the tomb and everything, uh, in pa which is in Pakistan now, they basically blocked it off and said, no, 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 no foreigners here, and you can't come in here. And, and it's a mosque, so you can't go in there, basically. Vox's literally snobbery is highly amusing. We actually had a very interesting email conversation on this, Vox and I, because he goes on and on about um, the missionaries as being the funniest book ever. I read the missionaries as like, yeah, this is somewhat reflective of my own personal experiences that I lived through in Africa, and it's not that funny, you know. But then I reread it, and I realized what Vox was seeing in it because Vox hasn't lived in Africa, doesn't, you know, hasn't had those experiences. And I was like, oh, correct me if I'm wrong, Vox, but am I right in thinking that you enjoyed this because of the way the language is written and the dry, sort of very English, rarefied, not even very funny, rarefied sense of humor that's in there? And he wrote back quite, you know, quite, um, humbly really saying yes I, I am absolutely a, a literary snob an elitist and and i absolutely enjoy that kind of writing and i said oh that that explains a lot because you know i knew that we had quite vast differences in what we enjoyed reading um because we we didn't really speak about it until this email exchange but but i, I could tell like he doesn't particularly enjoy my writing i don't particularly enjoy his um, I do enjoy his, his blog, and I do enjoy his short stories, I think, are, are best. But I haven't read, you know, Sea of Skulls or Throne of Bones or that. And I probably never will, because I, I just find it sort of a bit boring and a bit long-winded. For me, uh, you know, the, 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 the impact, the idea, the story, the, the excitement of the, you know, shit must be happening. Um, and you've got to have a clever idea. You've got to have a... An interesting idea, or many interesting ideas tied together, that's even better. Um, while Vox tends to be the kind of guy who develops one idea in a very, makes that the theme and expands on it. And, you know, I, I don't know, I guess it's the difference between sort of a pop novel, which is more what I would write, and, uh, you know, a literary work of art sort of thing. And I don't think either one of us are particularly that great as writers, but um, we just have different styles. So, uh, but you know, he, he's absolutely very clear on it, and, and you've got to respect that. Uh, thank you, Anderson Paladin, for the congrats. I believe that's on the babies. Oh, the first time I fully noticed binary thinking and how it makes men programmable when reading. Your takedown of a Newark trying to explain why Silvacantism is wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the thing is, in order to program, program binary thinkers, you have to break their illusion. 
and that means they have to have at least a functioning somewhat functioning uh, ability to do dialectic which is a lost art but you can absolutely break their spell by uh, you know proving them 100% wrong of something that is undeniable and then pressing on that and while you're pressing on that shove in some other truths that they can't deny that they won't go back to later Cool, expecting baby as well here. Let's make Corona boom a Catholic boom. Indeed. And remember, I think it was activist mummy. I can't remember. Somebody that said, you know, all these fucking freaks arguing with me and telling me I shouldn't have more kids and whatever. I just smile and have another child. I'm going to outbreed you. <laughs> That's the right answer. You know, I, I, uh, going back to the favorite saint, I, th I still think St. Thomas is probably my, my best one, but there are many. I mean, I don't know whether Jean Perizot de Valette was made a saint, but St. Irenaeus, that guy was awesome. I mean, he walked for a year to go and get eaten by lions, knowing that doing so would make him a martyr and would spread the faith more. It's just fucking, to me, that's like... Um, I took on the name of um, the patron saints of... Um, the plague of, um, and, and this was long before coronavirus, the plague, um, epileptics, warriors, soldiers, and butchers. Saint Adrianus, which was one of the guards, it was the captain of the guard of the, uh, of, the, of the emperor, and they were busy torturing Christians to death to make them repent, and, and he was so impressed by their courage that he converted there and then and he got tortured to death for it and set on fire so that not a single piece of him would be left but his wife Natalia which is a name I like I got a soft spot for the name Natalia because I used to um, have a girlfriend for a short period of time called Natalia was a very nice lady um, she managed to the, the rain stopped the burning of the pyre so there was a, one of his hands was left and she took the hand of her now dead husband um, and um, ran away so that she wouldn't have to be married off to one of the other suitors that was after her so she saved the sort of relic of his um, my wife took on the name of Joan of Arc uh, as a, one of her patron saints and I took on the name of Adrianus because he's the patron saints of warriors and soldiers Uh, what else have we got? I've been listening, but remodeling my house, so unable to do chat much. Keith A. That's all right, dude. You sort your house out. And if you've got a specific question, run back, ping it out, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll answer it. Bigfoot. Hello. Love the Kurgan. Well, thank you very much. DPM. It's a film about Cro-Magnums, not Bowie. The man from Earth. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write it down because otherwise I'll forget. Ah, oh, shit! Need a pen. Need a pen. Need a highlighter. There we go. Let's write that. Any idea when the film came out, more or less? We've cancelled, or rather, the wife has cancelled Netflix, which I thought was a pretty cool move. And the way she, I, I, she you know, she's such a, such an unexpected woman, my wife. Because she does these things, you know, you sort of think, oh, she's not really this. And then she comes up with this blinding one. She goes, listen, I'm, I'm thinking I want to cancel Netflix. And I was like, okay, go for it. And she would, you know, the way she approached it was like, I thought 
she thought I would say, no, why? I want to watch something. I'm like, no, go first. Because, you know, because, like, uh, daughter's, like, looking at this stuff, and I don't really like it. I don't, I don't think she should be looking at those things, and, and it's changing how she speaks and stuff. And I'm like, I'm all for it. Kill it. Kill it with fire. I'm fine. Um, so, yeah, that came from her. So, um, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to buy the DVD if there is one. I'm going to look for it now. AJ Rhino. Hello, AJ Rhino. There's something about AJ Rhino. I can't remember what it is. If you remember what it is, AJ, shoot it on the chat. The Man Who Fell to Earth, 1976. Yeah, The Man Who Fell to Earth is the David Bowie movie, and I've seen it, and it's kind of crap. I think um, Jordan is talking about something completely different. Bigfoot is the greatest violin teacher ever. Well... My cousin was trying to learn the violin, and I can tell you that in our family we're obviously very musical because her violin playing could be accompanied by my sax playing. And I believe that if those two events happen at the same time, we would hear the trumpets of God signaling the end of time. I think there were cats um, all over the area when she tried to play the violin. That um, very beautiful woman, my cousin. But um, let's say that her musical ability is on par with my own. And leave it at that. To the great chagrin of all the cats near our house. Ah, oh, my lenses are starting to like dry up. That's why it's getting hard to see. The man from okay. A man lives from pieces through the present. Story by Jerome Bixby. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. Jerome Bixby. I have no idea who that is, but it sounds very interesting. Jerome Bixby. Sounds very cool. Woolly Ram. Box's writing is like a premium vodka. Flavorless, scentless, and satin smooth. Yeah, I'd have to disagree with you there because I've drank that kind of vodka and I enjoyed it a lot more than I do his writing. But don't get me wrong, uh, you know, it's Vox writes very well. Um, it's just a style that I don't particularly enjoy. Um, and, and he said to me as much, you know, he, he said exactly the same thing. He said, look, I'm sorry, but your writing's not my cup of tea, which uh, I was like, dude, that, that's not a problem, you know. Wooly Ram says, your writing, on the other hand, is like a Burgundy, rich, friendly, and a little rough. Oh, I don't really like Burgundy. I, I think that my writing would, is more like tequila. Tequila, there you go. And in that respect, okay, I can see your analogy with his vodka and my tequila. I like them both, though. Kurgan's writing is like a bat to the head. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't deny that. That's, that's pretty much it. And Baron von Blair agrees. Movement Explorer, do you think some of the entities in this realm that appear to be humans are literally NPCs, angels and demons? Yes. I don't know about demons. <laughs> I have certainly had an experience, and my brother has had an experience, completely separate from each other. And when we recounted the experience to each other, 
or rather, when I recounted my experience to him, before I got to a pivotal point in it, he told me, I, I was saying to him how I had this encounter with this person who relates to what I was saying before, essentially prevented the, uh, shall we say, removal of an individual that, in my opinion, you know, those type of people need removal prevented the removal of such an individual from the earth um, and as I started to walk out of the place where this person gave me this message without ever speaking a single word and their eyes were weird their eyes were like they were black and didn't really have a pupil they had like many little stars in it which I thought was weird but it was sort of like and I started to step out, and I stepped across the threshold, and in my brain I thought, no, fuck this, I'm going to turn around and find out if that guy is actually some angel, a messenger, if he's a human being, or what the fuck he is. Now, I think those of you that know me a little bit will realize that I am not the kind of guy to shy away from things, and once I set my mind to something, it's pretty much going to happen. Well, for the life of me, not only... I'd made this conscious decision and I'd stepped over the threshold with one foot. Not only could I not go back in, I could not even turn around to look behind me anymore. I just had to walk out and walk away. And I was impelled and compelled to do this by... I still can't explain it to this day. And I was telling my brother the story, and he told me, when I said, you know, and I walked up and I thought, no, I'm going to go back. And when I was saying that, he said, and you couldn't. You couldn't even turn around to look back, could you? I was like, how the fuck do you know that? Because the same shit happened to me when I was in America and I was with my friend. You know, my friend got sick. Then, you know, he was, I was there to help him and then he got better. And there was really no purpose for me to be there anymore. And it, my life was kind of shit there, you know, divorced and stuff and whatever. And I was just sitting in a Starbucks having a coffee trying to think about my life. And I was like, you know, just thinking about what the fuck, how did I end up in this fucking mess of a thing? He was in the States, kind of not really there legally, and he couldn't even get out anymore. So it was just, you know. And he said this old lady came to sit at his table. And she sat down with such conviction. You know, he was telling me the story. He said she sat down with such conviction that I thought, oh, I'm sorry, was this your table? I, it was empty, I didn't realize. She said, no, 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 sit there. You listen to me now. You have helped your friend. You've done everything you need to do for your friend. And yes, your paperwork is terrible. And it will continue to be terrible for many years. But eventually you will sort out all your paperwork and you will learn to take care of that sort of thing. Um, now you need to go back to South Africa. You need to go back to your family and, and, and sort things out there. You know, you... You're, you're done here. There's no reason for you to be here anymore. Okay, you can go now. And he was like, okay, thanks. This is an old lady. She's never met before. How the fuck she knew any of this stuff? And he started to walk out. And he said, you know, and as, as I walked out, I said, no, but fuck, I'm going to go back and talk to that woman, ask her who she is, why the fuck she's telling me all that. Couldn't turn around. Couldn't even look at her. Just had to keep walking. Uh, we both had some really weird experiences. So... Yeah, I believe that uh, some of us that are a bit hard-headed, somebody up there that cares about us that sort of says, like, this, this guy's fucking stupid, you know, 
he keeps doing the same mistake again and again and again over lifetimes. He's had many lifetimes where he's doing the same shit. He's not going to fucking stop unless we wake him up and remind him. By the way, you've done this for the last thousand years, you fucking idiot. Getting the, the idea? And that's why I think people like me remember past lives. That's my opinion. I don't care if you think, you know, past lives don't agree with Catholicism or whatever, you know. I know they don't, but, you know, it's again to me one of those things like, don't talk to the fairies because they're all demons. Yeah, maybe most of them are. Yeah, it's, it's for the average person to remember their past lives or know anything about past lives is detrimental, honestly speaking. It's pointless. You just live this life. You're in this life. That's what you should focus on. And that's just, that goes for me too. You know, the only reason I think I remember that shit is because I'm a bit slow, you know, or, or dense. Just keep doing the same shit if you don't. I don't see any reason not to. There are styles of writing I appreciate and styles of writing I enjoy. Yeah, Slap Weasel, absolutely correct. I understand um, Vox's style of writing. I understand that it is probably a higher form of writing than my own. But, you know. Same like, I don't necessarily enjoy a puritanical woman that only has sex on Tuesdays in the missionary position with her loving husband. I might enjoy something a little bit more uh, non-binary with uh, the woman I spend the rest of my life with. And I understand that the puritanical one might be a better spiritually more evolved person, but... I am what I am. AJ Rhino Bear. Like a chainsaw to the Orkin skulls. <laughs> I think that's another interpretation of my writing. A chainsaw to the Orkin skull. Oh, that's a, I like it. Facebook bat, chainsaw. Yeah. A low slap weasel, indeed. Slap weasel is, is an awesome guy who sends a bunch of links to everybody, so he's very, very useful and uh, cool man. Doing the same, Keith. Sanding drywall now. This is nationless nationalist. You must be a Venetian, like myself, exiled from your very own country until we take it back. I misread his answer. It was a book. Okay. Film released. Oh, we're still talking, I believe, about The Man from Earth, released in 2007. Dan, I bought Iron Man and Saints based upon your recommendation. You mentioned another book on the Crusades in a previous cast. Any other recommendations? Yes. Dan, you should absolutely, I believe, for maximum enjoyment, read God's Battalions First by Rodney Stark. It's a small book, easy read. Uh, you'll get through it in you know a couple of hours. Um, and it gives you the overview of the Crusades, which will make you enjoy of Iron Man and Saints a lot more. Of Iron Man and Saints is definitely within my top 10, probably my top five books. And I've read thousands of books. Uh, of Iron Man and Saints, the Crusades is is by um, oh, is it Harold Lamb or John Lamb? I can't remember. Something Lamb. It's an awesome book, um, and and you should all read it. But the details of it, 
are better understood within the context of the larger picture which Rodney Stark paints in um, God's Battalions. So I strongly suggest you read those two. And I also strongly suggest you read The Great Siege 1565 by Ernold Bradford, which is the story of the Siege of the Knights of Malta. And is again an incredible, if you don't get inspired by those two books, you're dead. So... Kurgan, you're sending me your PayPal reminder. Yes, I haven't forgotten, but um, thanks for reminding me. Actually, ping me an email. Uh, I, I have ordered the books. They should be here in the next day or two. The, I've, I've got the notice today that they've been shipped. So I'll have them with me in the next couple of days, and I'll, I'll post you as promised. Um, just ping me an email to remind me again of your uh, address, etc., so that I've, I've got it to hand. DPM, I love life. If God called me home now, I'm ready. Yep, that's the way to live, man. Live like you're going to be 100 and you might die tomorrow. That's the right way to go. Head and Judah, drinking now, actually. Well, we are all drinking. We wiser men. Bigfoot, thank you. AJ Rhino Bear and Rhino Bear. Learns super fast. He's amazing. Lots of musical talent. Well, Bigfoot, I am very happy for you that um, hopefully you do not teach the sax and you do not live in England. Because if you did, I would invite you over just because I'm a cruel and curious man. And I would like to see how long it takes me to break you. <laughs> my dad, I think, broke my, my editor. I, I used to have this editor who was very punctilious then she had to edit my dad's book which is an awesome book and very good read very easy read and very entertaining absolutely entertaining he's got the same name as me so just google him and it's called life and death in africa it's if you want a, a good read a good enjoyable read and it's not fiction there's not a word of fiction in that book but it's all astonishing and really interesting um, you know it's kind of a biography but it's funny as hell and and really good um but yeah, he writes phonetic English in his broken half Italian. <laughs> so it was like, and you know, it cleaned up well. You know, it, it really did clean up well. But I think I think he broke her <laughs> after that. I don't think she could edit anymore. And I'm I'm pretty much like that. I think with my my musical uh, ability. You've got to go modest stream. Thank you, Abby Kurgan, and take care. Oh, right. She's got to go mother stream, right? That's Slab Weasel. Oh, he's got time yet, so he's still here. Good. That's it. Isn't this chat cool? I don't need a mod because I banned the gammas on site first instance. So, I mean, I suppose it could be fun one day if there was a way to just get all the gammas just for that one day to like. Only gammas in the chat and like see what they would, they would say. It could be quite funny. But um, yeah, I like this chat, you know. It's like people that are here for a purpose and they're enjoying it. That's, that's cool. Your thumbs down friend is yet to strike. Weird. I wonder where he could be doing, what he could be doing with his time now. I think he's busy moving house. Um, 
he is a hilariously brain damaged fucking idiot. But uh, yeah, I, I just like, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm a curious character, which I, I sometimes go down complete dead ends. You know, there's, there's stuff that I saw a program, a piece of a program, because I was playing with my son, but on TV today about these this worm, these like glowing worms in the Amazon, they glow bright green and they look like little stars, you know, if you're like at night looking at them on a wall. And I was like, fuck, I'd like to see that. I wonder why, where does that come? And, you know, I, I couldn't watch the, the, the bit of the program because I was looking after the kid and stuff. But now I'm like, you know, if I had all the time on earth, I'd be like, I'm going to go investigate that worm and I'm going to go find out where it lives and I'm going to go visit it and then I'm going to go pick it up and check it out and see how it works and what, you know. I could spend a year researching that shit, never talk about it, just because, you know, it interests me. Um, and, and you know, this cretinous guy that gives me the thumbs down, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure I know who it is. He's kind of a fascinating character, in the same way that some kind of mollusk that lives under a rock is, you know. And I just like to, like, Ew, what's it doing now, you know. It's not a big part of my life or anything, but it's like occasionally I'll just take a look at it and go, oh, oh, it's 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 released another video of itself. Well, look at that. Oh, oh, that's odd. You know, I'm just curious, and um, he is quite a specimen. So yeah, damn, God's Battalions is excellent. It will fill you with the desire to start forging weapons and armor. If you think that God's Battalion does that, read The Crusades of Iron Men and Saints by Harold Lamb. That book will make you want to start going to Jerusalem now and take back Constantinople on the way. Michael Peckar, hello Michael. You always quite uh, crazy thing. Most South Africans I know had these supernatural experiences. They live closer to the to the world, to the reality, man. And it's not just South Africa, but, you know, South Africa is a very interesting country. A lot of men that have changed the history of the world or, or done very unusual things somehow at some point lived or were born in or did something in South Africa. Gandhi, South Africa. Ronald Fiennes, the guy who hiked across the southern uh, uh, Antarctica and, and circumnavigated the earth from the poles. He was born in South Africa um, and lived until he was three or something. Uh, South Africa has had a lot of Churchill, South Africa. You know, the, <laughs> a lot of very interesting people went through South Africa. It's, I don't know why, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting. I've noticed that for years now, I've been noticing that. Um, so, yeah. Another type of people that have had this supernatural experience, quite a lot of Russians, um, and I think people that have had very tough lives or, you know, that have had life and death experiences repeatedly um, or that were in war and were in, in very dangerous situations and survived, a lot of them, most of them, I think, have all had some type of supernatural experience. Uh, Otarki Bear, hello, says, I sometimes have dreams but I'm on a ship and I am a man named Antonio Venetucci. <laughs> That's very interesting. Venetucci. Well, we must be compatriots of Tarki Bear. In some other past life, you must have been a Venetian. Did I remember I was an American 
think a Chinese, a Red Indian, some kind of primitive fucking person, maybe some Amazonian jungle type. Uh, some kind of monk, again, some Buddhist, Asian, Tibetan fucker type, again, maybe Chinese, maybe something else. Uh, Japanese. So, yeah, I remember quite a few weird past lives. We can liberate Venice after or during the scouring of Rome, since we are in the region. Of course, well, I'm, I'm north of all that right now. So if I get my amassed army, as we cut a path through France and Germany and Switzerland, um, we will, of course, go by, uh, by Venice first and uh, free the Serenissima. And then on to Rome. Do you have a recommended reading list on your blog? My blog has... Uh, the, the, the painful thing about my blog, and I'm trying to get somebody to sort it out soon, is that I seem to have lost the ability to uh, categorize my posts. But on the blog, there's a blog roll that goes by month and also goes by category. So until quite recently, you, you've got at least a category. Ooh. No, I don't have a recommended reading list as such, but I am in the process of creating um, like a hundred books that I recommend. And I think I'm at book number 88. I will create one. Once I'm finished with that list, I will put it on the blog. But uh, it's not done yet. DPM says, check out film Dean Spanley. I'm biased. It's Peter O'Toole's first film. He's my favorite actor. Dean Spanley is a family friend. Okay, I, I don't know. And I'm not a huge fan of Peter O'Toole. But Tarki Bear, a volunteer for a crusade of the Vatican. Your new book has been enlightening and filled me with a righteous rage. Good. Good, Otarki Bear. Good. Now become a proper Catholic like the rest of us if, you're, if you weren't already. And we need just 9,900,999 more like yourself and me. And we'll take the Vatican. Speaking of movies, I watched Professor and Madman. It was worth the time. Indeed. Beautiful movie about the Oxford English Dictionary, which lies just there in my little library, which my wife so very kindly bought me. Oh, we're over an hour already, and I my my lenses are starting to like dry out on top of my eyeballs. Uh, Dan, he hit box stream already. I don't know what that means. Dan in Georgia says he hit box stream already. I don't know. Enlighten me to what that sentence means. Drops for context, we can wait. Oh, drops for context. Uh, actually, that's... Uh, you see, the so-called cognitively challenged guy telling the 150 IQ guy, hey, you fucking moron, put some drops in your eyeballs, uh, which, by the way, I think I have, if I remember right. I haven't lost them. I should have. A little, yeah, there you go. See what I mean? You gotta keep in mind this is not new to me. I remember once as kids, we were 
um, playing by this house, for some reason I've climbed the window frame to try and open the window from the outside. We're trying to get into the, this house that we, we live near. And uh, and as I pulled this, this window open a little bit, it crushed a wasp's nest that was in the corner. And this wasps came out and started to sting me, and I was like trying to fight them off. Now my brother, who's like almost two years younger than I am, and we were kids again, you know, I was like, I don't know, maybe nine, he was seven, or I was seven, he was five, something like that. He goes, you know, he goes to me, hey, idiot, jump down from the window, you know? To which, when I did, of course, I was far enough from, from the wasps that they left me alone. He looked at me like, why did you stay there trying to fight the wasp? What kind of an idiot are you? <laughs> it's like, don't know. Never thought of running away. <laughs> Just didn't cross my mind. <laughs> so, thanks for that, DPM. Thanks for the recommendation. I'm certain I would get broken. I wouldn't get broken. You should meet my childhood violin teachers. I am certain you can't beat them at this. I, I don't know, Bigfoot. I, uh, you know, I'm a very persistent character. And that's both in the good and the bad. Okay. AJ Rhino, you haven't steered me wrong yet, Kurgan. I will order that book today. Okay, good. Dan in Georgia. That nasty boy hitboxer streamed five minutes before I got my email notification. Who are we talking about, guys? Movement Explore. Maybe I missed something further up. Uh, don't know what you guys are talking about, Dan in Georgia and uh, Movement Explore. Dances with Logos has got a little alien emoji. You know, I should have a private chat one day with Dances with Logos so we can just see how much stuff we both know. Dan in Georgia. Probably not the same person since this stream hasn't been downvoted yet. Oh, you're talking about my uh, my biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> He's been banned from everywhere for being a retard. So. The common aspect between South Africans, Russians and warriors is living literally on the edge. Either the world or civilization. That's absolutely true. Edge of the world, flat world, woolly ram. Surely that's not what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Wooly Ram is what was a Jew, you know, so we've got to be careful. But um, <laughs> he's not a flat earther. Please, God, tell me you're not. No, no, no. Wooly Ram is too cool to, to be a flat earther. And he's no longer a Jew because he's, he's getting back. How's that going, the baptism, if you, if you care to share it anyway? So, reason I recommend Dean Spanley, it's about reincarnation. Okay, I might look into it. Nothing to do with flatness, but South Africa and Russians are the edges of the world. Yep, that's true. Oh, my downvote. Yes, Dan, I figured it out eventually. As you can tell, I'm getting addled by this concoction of Bordeaux. Mm. Interesting. Your past lives are almost as diverse as Vox DNA pool. Yeah. You know, people will accuse people like Vox of being a supremacist. And actually, 
today on his blog. Don't ask me what the blog post was, but he specific. Oh, he, it was about the anti-Semite. There, there was a guy who wrote to him about being anti-Semitic on his blog, and he's now Vox put it out in writing that he has absolutely doesn't care at all what your ethnicity is or where you come from, and that is absolutely true. Vox observes what is, and he does so in a completely almost autistic fashion to the point that he's completely tone deaf to how people will take it. Uh, he's intelligent enough to understand how people will take it, but he just doesn't care, uh, which is fine. Uh, neither do I. Um, and, you know, I think we're similar in that regard. I mean, I, I've had friends, I even have some family of from from everywhere, man. You know, I, I I couldn't care less what color skin you are, or or any of that shit. You know, it's like who are you as a human being? That's basically what matters to me. It doesn't mean that I won't notice that you know certain ethnicities and certain racial profiling is, is still a fact. Ah. <laughs> uh, Cham Masp says, hey, Kurgan, were there any recurring themes in the past lives that you recall? Yes, absolutely there were. And let's just say that uh, some people do some bad shit to people I care about, and then I kill a whole bunch of people. So kept happening for many lifetimes with occasional reprieves you know the monk life is a pretty calm one I suppose but all the other ones were pretty drastic and uh, the weird thing is I had this old lady this medium once tell me and she was uh, she was not she's got nothing to do with my remembering past lives but um, <laughs> the funny thing is that when I went to see her she asked me but but you've been on a lot of horses do you like horses? And I, in my instinctive answer was, no! <laughs> and she goes, oh. But the reality is I quite like horses and I quite like horse riding. But the way she said it was like, oh, oh, I guess that's because you were doing a lot of, um, well, let's say pretty harsh things while you were on a horse. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that gives you a generic idea. Wooly Ram, are you the legendary Orthodox Jew that went said a prayer? He is indeed. He is indeed. Yes, I am on my way to becoming a proper Catholic. I have much work the programming to do, but at 23 I have time. Oh, Tarky Bear, you're only 23. My God, man. You're decades ahead of where I was. Absolute decades. You're going to be an awesome awesome leader of, of the faith yeah you and if you're reading my book now at age 23 i salute you sir i look forward when in my old age i will be reading about your exploits without threat to life baptism is to be administered by a priest yes i know that here's a hint woolly ram It can't hurt to have a good friend of you, of yours, baptize you anyway. My brother's not baptized. Other than years ago, before I myself was a Christian, splashed some water on him from the sea, 
and told him that I now baptize you. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know, you know, it's very difficult to say why I would have done that when I wasn't baptized myself at the time. But I love my brother. Cordell Mitchell, I remember that name and I've seen you elsewhere. I think you made some valiant comments or maybe irritating ones. I can't remember, but anyway. I got your newest book today. Can't wait to read. Great. And if you guys enjoy the book, please do leave me a review because it helps. And as you know, I'm not the most popular person on the planet. Holy Ram, for now, I cannot leave Israel and there are no loyal priests here. But I'm sure you've got a good friend who's not a complete grabbler. So, uh, Keep in mind, Wooly Ram, that I am being the Kurgan slightly, uh, always thinking a little bit outside the box. As did the Crusaders, if you've read of Iron Man and Saints, if you've read God's Battalions, if you've read the Knights of Malta's uh, Siege, uh, the Great Siege of 1565, you will know that Catholic men that fight don't always follow all the rules because war and we're in war my friend and you are a very important person in a very pivotal location absolutely deep deep behind enemy lines so it can't hurt you're not going to go to hell for having a friend of yours baptize you just use the correct form and use water you'll be fine don't have to tell the priest everything and when you do get baptized by a priest you've got a general confession and you can tell him all about it then right authority <laughs> bear also in your opinion do you believe it is necessary to be rebaptized if i can prove the priest was of the novus oracle well it's very easy to prove the priest was of the novus oracle my personal opinion I would definitely get baptized by a proper priest. Um, even if, again, this is my opinion. I, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong or indifferent or whatever. I don't know. My opinion is if I'd been baptized by a novice oracle priest, I would go to a proper priest and I would say I would like to get baptized. And I wouldn't discuss what happened before because in my estimation, that would be an invalid baptism. Or as a prudent Catholic, I would in any case be deemed to think of it as invalid. But you might need, you know, keep in mind that even that the proper priests, the proper Catholic priests, are still human beings. They still make mistakes. I mean, there's a priest, one of the Sanborn priests, I think, called Esposito, who says that, like, he can't make the judgment that, whatever, Ratzinger is not really uh, a, a Catholic. Absolute nonsense. You know, that guy's a priest, and he's reading a Mass, and he's giving the sacraments, and he obviously either doesn't have the intellect or the history or the knowledge to simply read and understand canon law, which is not difficult. So priests can still make mistakes. And if I'm going to go to hell, I want to go to hell because I fucked up. I made the bad choice. I made the wrong choice. Not because somebody else, I listened to someone else or I did what somebody else told me or whatever. You know. So that's my view on it. Thoughts on SSPV, uh, that's the Society of St. Paul V. 
look, Society of St. Paul X, they're just the Shapiros of, of Catholicism, you know, the, the pretend Catholics. And I, I don't know as much about the SSPV, but as far as I understand it, they're still in, they're like the, what they call R&R, recognize and resist, which is an absurd position. R&R are, you know, nonsense. It's rubbish. You're not a Catholic if you're recognize and resist is nonsense. You can't recognize the Pope and resist him. If you recognize him as the Pope, then you have to obey him. And if you don't recognize him as the Pope, then you absolutely cannot recognize him as the Pope. So, to be accurate, I was an Orthodox Jew only up to age 22 or so. Well, there you go. How old are you now, Willie Ram, if you don't mind our asking? Any thoughts of the book in praise of the new chivalry, the Lord and Nova Militia? I don't know it. I haven't read the book, so I can't comment. Kurgan, that priest number, you got me. He said, no, one baptism. Yeah, that's what I would expect they would say. But how do you know the baptism was valid? You've got to keep in mind that your average Catholic priest is a very charitable human being. But in my worldly experience, when you're a very charitable human being, you always make the mistake of, almost always make the mistake of giving somebody the benefit of the doubt that doesn't deserve it. It may well be that you were baptized uh, validly by a Novos Orca priest who is ignorant, doesn't know that he's a Novos Orca priest and thinks that it's, you know, he, he genuinely wanted to baptize you properly. In that case, the baptism would be valid. But how the fuck do you know? Because this guy was obviously not smart enough to figure out that he's a Novos Orca priest. So why the hell would I trust him to baptize me? When he can't even do his own homework enough to understand who he is. I wouldn't put my child's life or soul in his hands, and I certainly wouldn't put my own either. Why would you? I'm already baptized by a Protestant, but it was done properly. When can I call myself a member of the Catholic Church? What would be the next step? Talk to a priest um, and say, I was baptized by a Protestant, and it was done properly. Does that, is that okay? Does that count? And then you can call yourself a Catholic. I mean, that, that's basically it. I mean, the next step would be to get confirmed, which means that you would have to learn about Catholicism or do a crash course like I did with a priest for about 24 hours. Um, and, uh, yeah, you, you, you probably want to get confirmed. You have to get confirmed before you can be married uh, and so on. Um, and just check with them about your baptism. But yeah, generally speaking, I would consider a baptism by a Protestant preacher to be more valid than the one of a Novus Orco priest. Because the Novus Orco priest nominally is a Satanist. While a Protestant priest is just a very deceived and in error person, but not necessarily a bad or evil human being. Just ask the priest for a provisional baptism. That's right. It is what you call a provisional baptism. Well, if you're not sure and they're not sure, they will do a provisional baptism. That is a Catholic thing. But some priests don't like to do it. You know, they try and avoid it or whatever. But um, 
Isn't there a provisional baptism and confession process for a new convert if the baptism is questionable? Yes, indeed there is. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. Chris Gover's animation says, do you have any advice for a 17-year-old dude? Plenty. But, you know, give me a topic, dude, because, you know, I've been here an hour and a half and I'm probably going to go in a few minutes. So uh, I can't tell you all the fuck-ups you're going to make uh, being age 17 now, but generically speaking, uh, I would say, number one, get this little book called Believe, because that'll explain a lot of stuff to you. If you're really a smart 17-year-old that's pretty deep into it, you might as well get this one too, but, you know, that's maybe a bit of a heavier read. But uh, it's not difficult, it's just you know, pretty deep concepts for a 17-year-old, maybe. But not necessarily. There wouldn't have been deep concepts for me at 17, so maybe not for you either. Um, stay away from crazy if you can help it. Don't stick your dick in crazy, because it has consequences. Um, that's, uh, that. you know, if you've got any specifics, ask me, man. Thank you for the advice. I look forward to learning more from you. Thank you very much, Atarki Bear. I, I hope that I can be of, a, of useful help. Women. Oh, right. I'm bad at choosing. Ah, oh, well, I don't know that you're asking the right guy. Now, if you're saying that you're bad at, with women, if you mean that you can't get laid, yeah, I can tell you plenty on that. Probably none of it very good Catholic boy material, but... Uh, Basically, be a man, which means don't be scared, don't be a pussy, hold your line, uh, and don't let them get you like emotionally. That's you do that, you're better off than 80% of all men on earth. Uh, as for picking the right one, well, I'm twice divorced, had plenty of ex girlfriends, <laughs> so I don't know that I'm the right guy to get that advice. I think my problem stems from the fact that there was some feminist woman that wrote, like, uh, it's on my blog somewhere. It's like 50 questions. It's on one of my old blogs, I think. 50 questions for men. And one of the questions was, why do you, uh, you know, uh, why do you go out? Why do you keep being attracted to dramatic uh, women with lots of drama or dramatic women? And it was clear, you know, what that, with the type of person, if you read all the 50 questions, it was pretty clear who the woman writing it was like. She was obviously a frumpy woman that wasn't particularly pretty and was jealous of the pretty hot ones. And my answer to that question was like, they scream louder when we fuck them. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, stay away from the crazy ones, but they're really good in bed and usually they're quite pretty, so don't take advice from me on how to choose, you know, I, I, by the way, I have done videos on how to pick a good wife, so more seriously, there is a video, just go like, I think it's, one is on women and how to find a good wife, and on loneliness, there's a one on loneliness as well, which is very important, so look at those ones, and explore, man, you, you're gonna fuck up, and there's no avoiding that, but that's life, you know, how, how do you learn to drive a car? By making mistakes, by grinding the gears, maybe by crashing a couple of times. How do you become a really good driver? Do you know any really good, you know, those special drivers that do all the James Bond maneuvers? Do you know how many cars those guys have fucking crashed? You know, so you're going to make mistakes. Don't let a mistake define you. 
A mistake is just a learning experience. Build on it. Learn from it and build on it. That's it. If you take those three bits of advice, don't stick your dick in crazy. Become a Catholic if you can. And uh, learn from your mistakes. You, you're going to be all right. Hmm. Dances with Logos is back with an emoji that I can hardly see. Wait, I've got my trusty... Oh, it's a dancing hottie. Yep, dancing hottie indeed. The actively stupid part of your brain won't turn off until 26. Survive till that. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Uh, of course, for me, I would say that probably only started to dim in my late 30s, if that, early 40s at least. Now I know what that noise is. Tiny URL, save me 79. Okay, I know what that is. There are women without trauma. This is movement explored. <laughs> Good point. But there's levels of trauma. Oh, I was watching, you know, as I, as I work sometimes, I listen, I think I told you guys, to PKA, Painkiller already, with like that guy Kyle, that the guy who used to do FPS Russia. <laughs> and he was talking, emphasizing on, on some other topic, but he mentions some of his relationship, and he goes, no, you know, I mean, that's crazy, and that's I mean, I can't really talk about this stuff, because when you're telling me, yeah, my chick's crazy, I'm like thinking, what weapon is she holding as she's waiting for you to come back home, you know? And I know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> There's all women have drama, but you know there's drama, and then there's the ones with the sirens outside your house. People get arrested. There's blood. You know, somebody might die. <laughs> there's there's all sorts of crazy shit going on there. You know, women like that are you know, you gotta be a light sleeper. You just never know. They might have a dream that you're fucking their best friend and try and slit your throat in the night because you cheated on them. I'm not even fucking kidding here, you know. Some crazy women out there. I have been in contact with a city church in Cambridge and will be attending and baptized soon. Thanks, Kurgan, and keep crushing. This is Jordan James. Is that Cambridge, UK? Oh, that's awesome, Jordan. That is awesome. I believe there are some Catholics I know that might go to that same Mass. Drop me an email and uh, maybe we'll find out. Is, is, are you the same Jordan that's on Social Galactic, by the way? How do you avoid mistakes? Experience. How do you get experience? Mistakes. Precisely right, poster child. That's exactly right. I think there was a statement. Some guy said, uh, oh, what was his name? Pete Rose, is it? Some famous baseball player, I don't know, because I don't watch baseball. But apparently he had the best record for number of home runs, but he also had the highest number of strikeouts. It's very often the case. You only learn... You know what, you know what is more important, far more important than not making mistakes? is being persistent. Be persistent. Don't be stupid, you know. Don't keep hitting your head in the same wall that's made of metal. That's being dumb. But be persistent. Doesn't mean that, that you have to headbutt your wall into a metal wall. You know, headbutt your head into a metal wall constantly. It means that you find another way around the wall. 
it means that you dig under it, it means that you burn it down, it means that you use not jet fuel to melt it, you know, whatever, you, you find a way through it, um, that's persistence, doesn't mean doing the same stupid thing a million times. Okay, guys, I'm probably going to go to sleep soon. It's late. Like dirt bikes, if you aren't crashing, you aren't learning. But wear a helmet. I fucking hate dirt bikes. Oh, wait. No, dirt bikes, you mean motorcycles. That's fine. Um, those quad things, I don't like them. I don't like them at all. I had a dirt bike. That was fun. Okay. Jordan, there's one there. Cool, I was going to Maine. DPM, Cambridge in England. Yeah, Cambridge in England. Cool. Drop me an email, Jordan. I think I might put you in touch with some other Catholics, possibly. I linked the list that you gave me, the Lux Vera. Yeah. Kevino, baby. It's a Bordeaux. It's a French Bordeaux. Something about... I remember the name. Good night, and that's my cue because I'm gonna say good night to Dances with Logos, my twin flame. Good night, Kurgan and Immortals. Uh, that's right. Good night, all. Thank you all very much for listening to my ramblings, and uh, I hope to see you all here again soon. It's isn't it a beautiful chat with no gammas and 35 upvotes? Either we have converted the one downvoter. Or something's happened to him, and I'm saddened. Great team, please keep notifying on SG. This was awesome. Yeah, I will do. Signore, my spelling got mixed up. Indeed it did. I'm not a dirty spick. I'm a dago. Get it right. Thank you, guys. Really, good night. I'm going to go.